This is a holy place. It serves as a reminder when you come to his table, it serves a reminder of the sacrifice that he has done for us. Amen. And the command that he gives us is to remember what he has done for us. And if we will do those two things, if we will recognize that this is his table, we will recognize the command and the power that's within remembrance, then we will understand that this is for our benefit. Hey guys, this is Pastor Tommy. Thanks for joining us today at the church at Bushland. Man, we pray that your faith will be encouraged and inspired from today's message. Well, good morning to you. Um, my name is Cade Morrison. I am the Connections Pastor. Uh, I got tears in my eyes again. I did it the first service and I did it here uh, again. And so uh, I look like a Longhorn fan today, don't I? So let me, uh, let me clear this off real quick. Um, and let me do this real quick. Um, and so... Uh, it's crazy day of football yesterday. I know a lot of you were watching that. I can't, I can't come in here and not give the Longhorn fans a, a hard time in there. I'm a Red Raider fan. We'll say that quietly, uh, cause there's nothing to brag about. Um, but man, I'm just thankful to be here with you today. Jeff and our staff, uh, most of our staff, me and Mark are here today and Jordan, um, is here, uh, our youth, our junior high youth guy. And so we're just here uh, and thankful that you came to be with us today. Glorietta has been incredible. There's been great things. Tommy's been leading that charge down there uh, with all of our couples. There's around 50 couples down there um, from our church and from a few other places. And so it's just been an incredible experience together. We came back yesterday to be with you guys um, today. And I have gotten a whole lot of comments about my outfit today. And apparently I don't dress very good because um, everybody has just been real sassy to me about, hey, you look good for the first time in a while. You know what I mean? And so I can take it. All right. I can take it. All right. And so, um, yes, we're, we're dressing up, Jimmy. I heard the whistle. Um, and so we're dressing up today for sure. And so thankful to have our deacons in the house. And so um, if you did not know at this point, you may not be paying attention. We're taking the Lord's Supper today. Um, and so just before we do, we want to remind you of some things. And I want to go through a few things today. And I get an opportunity to communicate some things to you. Um, and so first thing would be this. We are an open communion church. We are not a closed communion church. You do not have to be a member of our church to take communion. Um, and here's the reason why. This is his table. This is his command. And it's for our benefit. Amen. It's not about multiple denominations here. It's about one body and one Christ. Amen. And so it is open. If you are, the only requirement is this. If you are a believer, a born again Christian in the house today, you can partake at the Lord's table. Amen. And so just want to clarify some of those things to you um, in that. If you want a, a sermon title today for the short time that we get together, it would be this. His table, his command for our benefit. You do realize there is a lot of things happening around people's tables nowadays. There's a lot of people that are avoiding their own table at their own house. Families are so busy. Things are going so long. Maybe it's been a while since you've gathered. But I want to tell you today, this is not a common place. This is a holy place. It serves as a reminder when you come to his table. It serves a reminder of the sacrifice that he has done for us. Amen. And the command that he gives us is to remember what he has done for us. There is a command in that to remember. And if we will do those two things, if we will recognize that this is his table, we will recognize the command and the power that's within remembrance, then we will understand that this is for our benefit. Amen. 
It's for our benefit. Why is remembering such a powerful thing? I know here, here, let me give you a little example of why remembrance is such a powerful thing. First of all, you've got to remember the acts of God. He calls us biblically to do that in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, to remember the things that he has done in us, the testimony, the ability to do it again, amen, and multiply what God has done. He's been doing it since Genesis, and he will do it until he cracks the sky someday, amen? He will continue to repeat if his people will only continue to remember who he is and what he's done, amen? When I talked to my grandma on the phone, She's in early stages of dementia, um, and it's a terrible thing. Love my grandma. I have a great relationship with my mom's side of the family. Um, and when I talk to her on the phone, it's so sweet. Every time we get off the phone, she always says something that's pretty funny. She said, hey, I want to come and hear you preach. She's heard me preach a bunch. Um, but she still recognizes my voice. You know, you know why that's so good? Because when she gets off the phone, she, she cries. That's probably where I get it from. Um, she, she cries. And because I think deep down inside, she knows. She doesn't know when she's going to remember me next time. And it's always the sweetest thing for me because she cries. And there's something powerful because she remembers who I am. She remembers that I'm her grandson. She remembers how I'm connected to her. And there is nothing like remembering what God has done, that you are a son and a daughter of him. And when you remember that, it causes emotion. It causes all things to understand what Christ has done for you. It's his table. It's his command for our benefit. Amen. And that's what he's doing. I want to give you four purposes um, today in this um, of the Lord's Supper. The reason that we do this, um, the reason that we come and do this before I do that, I do want to say I didn't say this in the first service, but I just I think it's incredible that we have a lot of staff missing today. But Nick Emmel and Kathy Grants and just our worship team, like some of you have watched Nick Emmel grow up and he's about to get married. He ain't no boy no more. Um, that, that's a shepherd boy that has come in from the fields. I'm gonna tell you that much. And there is, it is cool to watch Paxson and Carrie's leadership and the worship leaders that they're bringing up behind the scenes. I just think it speaks volume of the leadership in our church. Jeff giving me the opportunity to be here. I'm just thankful to be submitted underneath the leadership of this church and just the things that God's doing, watching Kathy and just watching the team do what they did and you guys respond to it. There's just nothing like the church at Bushland for me. And so just want to remind you guys what a blessing it is to be a part of this body as we look at the purposes of the Lord's Supper. I just think it's so fun to see all the things that God's doing and the pieces and the things that he's putting together. He's worthy of your attention today. He's worthy of your attention. And so the, the first purpose that I want to read, but I want to, I want to turn you in to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you got your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. I'm going to read through this, and then I'm going to go through these four things. If you're a note taker, you're welcome to write these things down, but good luck because my mouth moves quick. 1 Corinthians 11, 17. In the following directives, I have no praise for you. You know Paul's going somewhere when he starts off like that, right? For your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have been differences among you to which you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. It is when you are eating, some of you go ahead and you have your own private suppers. As a result, 
One person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. And then he goes right into the Lord's Supper. If we just went right into the Lord's Supper right now, y'all be like, this is sad days. After reading that scripture. I mean, Paul rebukes them right here to say, hey, all the stuff that's happening and going on, God's aware of it all. God knows everything that's taking place. You know, that word differences right there in scripture um, means viewpoints. Different viewpoints is what it means. Do you think we have a slight problem with that in our world today? Do you think that there's not this massive attack on every person to make the battle against flesh and blood and not against the principalities of this world? It's one of the key things he's doing. And the first thing that I would say, the reason we do the Lord's Supper is this, unification. We come together in a room, whether you are charismatic, whether you got a reform background, whether you're Baptist, whether you're Methodist, those things. The reason we come to this table is because he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through Jesus. That's the one thing, the common ground that we can come together. If you think you can get to this table any other way, universalism or any of those things, it's false because it's not in God's word. The only way to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ himself. It's the only way we gather at this table, and it's the reason we can unify in all of our differences. Is there cliques in the room? Is there rich in the room? Is there poor? Is there middle class? Is there lower class? There's all of these differences and all of these things in the room. And why does God allow those things? Some people get irritated at those things. Is there Democrats, Republicans? Is there all the, we just get irritated and we get, you don't think, you, you think we're dealing with things that they haven't ever dealt with before? God's word transcends through all of time. And the reason he allows these things to happen in church and the reason he continues to show up when he is glorified is because he is the greatest river card player that I've ever seen in my life. He has providence. He has the ability to take something that's in shambles and to be able to turn it and make it into something fabulous. That's who he is. He can take the ashes and turn them into something beautiful, right? Because he's God. So in all of the differences that stand in the room, the reason that we're coming today and the reason that we gather as the church is because when we look across the room, look across the room and all the different people, when we gather in here, it's for his name, it's for his sake, and it's for his only name, Jesus, right? He's the name above all names. That's the reason we gather and that's the reason that we unify in here. I'm not trying to ignore that there are differences and there are different things and different approaches, but most importantly, it's this. This whole thing right here is about Jesus and what he's done for each of us. That's the truth. And unification in the body is super important. It's super important. There's attack on race and racism and all those things. We can, we can cancel all of those things when we look in scripture because we can sum everybody up into Jews and Gentiles. In the kingdom of heaven, it's not even about what color you are. It's not about that. And I wanna want let you in on a little secret. This whole thing's not even about us as Gentiles. It's more about Israel and the jealousy that is being arised through us and the Gentiles. It, it, the whole thing's about Israel. Oh man, that's disappointing. It's not all about America. 
It's about Israel. God has a heart for Israel. And therefore, we got grafted in as Gentiles. You are a Gentile more than likely in the room. But I'm telling you, it's about that. There's a bigger picture going on. It's not about the color of our skin. And the divisiveness that the enemy brings and the tricks that he brings, if he can divide us, then we don't handle this thing very well, internal strife. When we're, we're at odds within ourselves, and I want, I want to point you to something, and I want you to understand, to unify is an important thing. The Lord's Supper is a meal of unity, amen? It's a meal of unity. And when internal strife exists, when there's differences and different viewpoints, when it exists in God's people, it's to push them to the word of God for resolution. It's not to push you to cause chaos with truth. And that's what the world's doing. They're twisting truth. You know where you can go? Right here. God's Bible states it really clearly in some of the things that we're battling. It doesn't say anything other than there's male and there's female right here. There was nothing else created in the beginning of time. Amen? Male and female. There's a lot of things that are happening amongst us that are already defined through God's word. Internal strife exists in us and the things that happen to push us towards God's word. Amen? That's what it wants. God wants you to understand what he's already said so that therefore, when you go out to the world, you're pronouncing what he said. You have, you have his feet and his hands, and therefore, we can make a difference in the problems of the world. Amen? Unification is super important as you come to the table. In the same way, after, they after he took the cup, I want to read this. This cup is a new covenant with my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. At his death, Christ officially enacted the new covenant of Jeremiah 3, and 1, 34, 31 and 34 says this in Jeremiah. This covenant is for Israel, but the church as the spiritual Israel partakes in the benefits of salvation. The wine is a symbol to remind us of the precious blood of Jesus, which was shed for our sins. We are under a new covenant. That deserves an amen, right? We are not under the old covenant, believers, and Christ died for each of us, one of his people. The new covenant spotlights unity. It's super important that we come today and we unify. If you've got issues, if you've got unforgiveness, you've got things going on in your life, God calls you to deal with those things. If you've got personal sin that is causing issues in your life, this is not a place where you sit down at your own meal and you think you can just partake food and go. God gives specific things that are hard to understand and that you will be like offended at sometimes when it comes to the Lord's Supper. It, God is meant to, for you to understand today when you come to the Lord's table. The second thing would be this, to examine. Examination has to take place. He, he causes you to look at your life. You should be looking on at your life right now and what's going on and the things that are within you. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. 28, if you want to read through this, he talks about examination and what that should look like for you as believers before you come here. There are disciplines. If you take this as a common place and you just continue to live in the life that you're in and you are a believer and you're continuing to just live with sin and you come to the Lord, he's going to discipline you. The Bible says this specifically in this. Well, what does that mean? Is he going to strike me with lightning? Because that's what everybody said God's going to do. You know what I mean? I want to tell you this. God disciplines those he loves. He loves you. He loves you enough to discipline you. He loves you enough to take you as you are, but he also loves you enough to not leave you where you are. So it's also about examining your hearts today. 
You got to look inside. This is not just about some little thing that we do or tradition that we do. This is a biblical thing that God calls us to do. And you should take it seriously as a believer of what's going on. And you should examine your heart. Because I want to tell you this. He doesn't bring you in here to beat you up. He brings you in here to remind you of what he's done so that he can set you free if something has a hold on you. That's what he, that's what he does. He cleans up our messes. Amen. He is not somebody that's going to turn you away or tell you that that's too heavy or that's too big. I'm telling you, he is the one that can deal with anything that's in the room. But if we take the Lord's Supper and we unify and we don't examine, then we're missing out on what God wants for us personally when we come in here. Examine your lives. Look at it. Think about your life and what's going on and what needs to maybe be exchanged. If there's personal sin, get rid of it. Get rid of it in your seat here in a little bit. Let the Lord have those things. If God calls you not to take it, don't take it. It's not like there's people out here with binoculars. Oh, he didn't take the juice. He didn't take the juice. I'll too. <laughs> Woo, do you understand? It's a holy God and this is a holy place. And he, he's reminding you, I don't partake in sin. I deal with sin. That's what I do. I pardon people from it. And if you'll just come to me, I'll take it off of, give it to me. He's good. He's not, he's not doing it out of spite. He's doing it because he loves you. Who are we as people if we never get disciplined? Amen. God calls us in that. So examination is a big part. He will discipline every child that he, that truly belongs to him. If you're not disciplined and everyone go, undergoes discipline, my dad had a belt with Danny across the back of it. I'm pretty sure it's tattooed uh, on me. Everybody has gone through some form of discipline in your life. If you're not disciplined, then you are not illegitimate children and you are not true sons, according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse eight. No discipline means that we are not God's children. You want God in your life and involved and invested and you want his voice leading and guiding, but it's our responsibility to respond to the discipline, to respond to the conviction that he gives us in our life. We are called to as believers to make war with our flesh and allow the spirit of God to lead us in our lives. And I want to say this to you. You don't owe your flesh anything. You don't owe it anything. It didn't do what Christ did for you. It didn't get on a cross and crawl to it for you. It didn't take the nails. It didn't take the cat of, nine, uh, of tails. It didn't do all of those things. He didn't crawl like Jesus did. Your flesh did not do that. It is the spirit of God that did that. It's the greatest love story ever written. We've got to be reminded that your flesh did nothing and it deserves nothing from you. And God deserves everything from you. Everything. Even if it's your darkest hour right now, he deserves it. Even if you're in the biggest doubt that you've ever been in towards your God at this point, give it to him. Because there has been nobody else in history that has done what he's done to get your heart. He is worthy of our attention. He is worthy of our attention. Examination is a part of that. Unification, examination. Third thing would be this, proclamation. Your life should proclaim the death and life of Jesus. Amen? 
You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 26, it says this, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Your life should project who Jesus is to people. His death should mean something to you and it should come out of you. Amen? What is your life projecting and what is it proclaiming to people that are around you? Because when you come to the table, when is the last time you drew your sword? Not for your own personal sin, but for somebody else where you are doing the works that the Lord has set aside for you. We come to be reminded that we are supposed to be proclaiming the gospel, not just out of tradition, not just out of, hey, we should do this, but we should do it out of an authenticity for what Christ has done for us. Amen? We should want to meet with him. Therefore, because we meet with him, we proclaim the good news to other people. Proclamation is a key thing in that. And last thing would be this. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six also says at the end of that, the Lord's death until he comes. It's about glorification. Glorification. When I walk away from his table today, I want to carry a deeper root of his sacrifice for my love. I want it to root in me more than it did before. I want to be reminded of what he ultimately did. I want that constant reminder to me. It's like when your little kid walks in the room and you see him and you know when you look at them, you're reminded that that is your kid. And you want that reminder for the rest of your life. You don't want that to ever be taken. That's how I feel in the glorification process and what God has done in his sacrifice for us. I want him to look upon me and I want him to see a servant that is doing what he is called to do. And that's my dad. I want his name on me, right? I want to make sure that I am glorifying him with every step of my life. And I'm not. I'm willing to lay those things down. Glorification is an important thing in what we're doing. I desire to be positioned to glorify more of him with my life and constantly remember the debt that he has paid for us. Galatians 5, and 26 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Don't start singing. Against such thing, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Once again, God reminds us to crucify the flesh, but he also reminds us that we don't provoke each other. We don't do those things. We unify underneath this, right? We should be producing fruit in our lives, because when we come to this table, the end result should be this. You should walk out of this room encouraged. You should walk out of this room lighter. You should walk out of this room knowing that I am so glad once again in my life for my salvation and what Christ has done. And therefore, God, send me again and let me grow in each of these areas of my life. Our life is to glorify him. Amen. Glorification is a part of that process. Psalms says this, and this is the last thing I'll say. Psalms 86, 12 says this. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with all my whole heart. And I will glorify your name forever. This whole thing's about how much of you can glorify him for the rest of your life. How much of me can I give to him 
so that he can make it good. Because I don't have anything to offer to the world outside of what he makes good in me. That's the reason we come to the table because we're not good apart from him. He is good all the time. He is faithful all the time. Amen? It's his table. It's his command for our benefit. As the worship team comes, I'll ask the deacons to come to the table. So now as we come to his table, I want to encourage us to let us look back to Christ's death. Just don't pass that statement by. Think about what his death means to us, to look back to Christ's death. We need to also look in. We need to look in and we need a self-examination of what he's done for us. We also need to look up. It's one of my favorite ones. Konania. We get to have fellowship with each other. We get to do this life right now together as believers. We are God's church. Amen. This is the reason that we gather so that we can do this and know that we're not alone because Christ sacrificed himself. We can have hope. And this is not just some light thing we do. There is nothing like being in fellowship with you brothers and you as a congregation. There's nothing like it. I love to be a part of God's fellowship in his church. We should also be looking forward to Christ's return. Woo. Amen. We should be looking forward to it. And the last thing, we should look outward to proclaim God's word, to pray for others. We should be encouraged from today as we take this to want to go and share it with someone else. Amen. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you do in us. And as we partake in the bread and are reminded of your body, what kind of love is this that you would do that for us? kind of love is that? God, I pray that I would be able to comprehend it more today than I ever have. I pray that we would be refreshed and reminded of what your sacrifice and what your body should mean to us. We thank you so much for the opportunity we have today together and to be reminded of the bread and the body and what it means to the, the church, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three and one. I believe in the resurrection 
says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 and 24, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. On the same night, Jesus took the cup and blessed it and said, this is my blood shed for you. Jesus, where do we even begin to thank you for your blood? We're thankful the power that's within it. We're thankful that you were willing to shed it to get to us. We're thankful for Calvary and then it ran red. God, we're thankful so much that we can do what we're doing on a daily basis because somebody else sacrificed their life for us. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for your blood. It's in your name we pray, amen.
and stars they wept the morning sun was dead the savior of the world was fallen his body on the cross his blood poured out for us the weight of every curse upon him Corinthians 11, 25 and 26 says this. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. Thankful for the new covenant, church. Thankful for his grace that's offered in it. Do this whenever you remember it or whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hey, thanks for joining us today here at the Church at Bushland online. Hey, if you were inspired by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop a message in the comments or you could email us at info at bushland.com. We'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Also, man, if there's anything we could agree for in prayer with you guys, just text the word pray to 806-557-1800. We believe there's power in agreement um, with the Lord. And so um, if we could pray for you, just do that for us. Um, And if you'd like to connect further with us through social media, uh, just search the church at Bushland. You can find out more things that are coming up here um, and get involved that way. And then if you'd like to plan a visit, uh, we'd love to see you face-to-face. We have services here, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. You can go to our website, thechurchatbushland.com, and plan that visit, and we look forward to meeting you that way. Finally, man, just thanks again for joining us. Pray your faith was encouraged, and we look forward to journeying with you in the days ahead. So have a blessed day. Thank you.